previously on Quantum Kickflip. Hey, um, Weird Kids, uh, what do we call you guys? Weird Kids? You guys, that's your name? You're called the Weird Kids? Hey, I, I think they're called no, no, the no, Weird no, no, Kids, no. I guess. Do you think anybody's gonna miss the, the, the that suit right over there? Doesn't look like anyone's missed it so far. He just happened to find, uh, power armor. I, I feel like we each have our own unique thing we would we, uh, bring to the proverbial table. Uh, hypothetically, of course, if you're some kind of team. Like a hockey team, but for slug blasting. You guys kind of start daydreaming and speculating about what it would be like if you were a team. If, if yeah, hypothetically, of course, no one's saying you're a team yet. Deep in the heart of the plain of Desnine, surrounded by infinite ocean, the abandoned drow observation facility floats. A klaxon alarm shatters the silence. Something is coming. <laughs> everybody and welcome back to Quantum Kickflip, a show where we, uh, me and five of my closest friends, play the game of Slug Blaster, the tabletop role-playing game, and tell a cool story about teens sneaking into other dimensions with their hoverboards and getting into trouble. Uh, we're going to start things off by going around the virtual table one more time and getting everyone to introduce themselves. Uh, let's go in alphabetical order of first name. You guys figure it out in the moment. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is me, isn't it? Well, my <laughs> name's Dave. Uh, I'm playing Chester Capone, uh, who is using the Grits playbook. And, uh, you know, he's a rough and tumble boy, and he's ready for fun. <laughs> uh, next is me, I'm pretty sure. Uh, hey, everybody, I'm Glenna. Uh, I'll be playing Elliot Buchanan. She uses the Chill playbook. Uh, she likes rocking out and listening to tunes, playing her own tunes, and hanging out. Hello everyone, I'm Lena. I am playing Angus Franklin. He is the Guts playbook. Uh, he uh, didn't use his skip mode runners to fast forward through the entire last adventure, but it came pretty close. Everyone, I'm Xanathar. I'm playing... No, uh, my name is Liam. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm Liam. Uh, and uh, I am playing Lake Marsden. She is the heart playbook, uh, and she sports the uh, two-handed giant reality cannon. I'm used to being last when it's alphabetical by last name because of last name Vetch, but usually Michael isn't the last name in the alphabet. But hi, I'm Michael Vetch. I'm playing Nick Lowe, the Smarts Playbook. And I'm, he's a young, enthusiastic, sword wielding weeb boy. And then there's me, Robin. I'm your uh, game master, slug blaster, podcaster. Uh, <laughs> that's great. That's, that's me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so last episode we finished off our first run uh slug blaster is kind of divided up into into what are called runs uh and downtime but like the run kind of encompasses the whole adventure and it's basically you go to another dimension you get into trouble then you come home uh and you get into trouble for the trouble you got into uh and we wrap that all up uh successfully completed your first run you guys went to the plane of vestige uh, which is sort of like a uh, vaporwave Mad Max nuclear wasteland. Found some signature devices, unlocked some stuff, uh, showed off in front of your classmates, did some cool jumps over an overpass, and then you fought some big old slug monsters that were covered in blue goo and moved super fast and uh, multiplied rapidly. Uh, but you kept your cool, you got through it, took them all out, and now uh, we're ready to rejoin your characters and figure out what happens next with this unlikely crew that has been sort of 
brought together by fate and other people's misconceptions, we now get to find out, are you really a Slug Blaster crew or are you just a bunch of random people who uh, got into trouble one time? I'm hoping the first one because this podcast is going to suck otherwise, but <laughs> we'll find out in this in this uh, the second run. So I think we're going to jump right into it, our first introductory scene. Uh, and we're going to pick things up with Elliot Buchanan. Elliot, describe for me what a uh, typical like after school kind of like hang it out in the afternoon, early evening. What's what's Elliot up to at this point in time? Um, She's probably hanging out in her room, either playing guitar or listening to music is her... Uh her regular mode of of vibing of of chilling out as it were as the kids say we're all we're all cool kids who know the lingo <laughs> none of us are over 30 anyway um <laughs> so yeah i think elliot's yeah you got you listen to music maybe you got uh you got headphones on not even for like you know not not because you have anything to, to hide or because is anyone else home but just like yeah you know, the audio fidelity i feel like elliot is really into into the sound quality and would know like she'd have a good pair of headphones and you mm-hmm. listen you know listen to full albums on those things uh but on cassette because we're in the weird 90s uh when your uh your m phone your little uh your your sort of space age flip phone uh from our alternate timeline 90s vibrates and you have a brand new text message um you you flip it open and on the screen uh this is your your one new message from an unknown number it just says you put on quite the show yourself what do you do? Oh man. <laughs> Thanks. Who is this? <laughs> Barely a, a few seconds go by and get a, it vibrates again. Uh and it says it's Devani. And then it vibrates again and it says, "But you know you wouldn't know who that is, would you?" And it vibrates again because you never asked for my name. That's right. I didn't. Then like a little winky face to like like no, not not mad at you, just teasing you, kind of. Yeah. A, that's an emoticon, not an emoji, because we're in the weird nineties. <laughs> I am deciding on the fly what has uh, progressed technologically and what hasn't, and emoticons have not. Anyway, that's right. I didn't. It was V rude. As if to ex- further accentuate her emoticon, she texts back, "Just teasing." Uh, and then, uh, in a few seconds after that, another follow-up message. Uh, so, sounds like you're part of a crew now. I guess I am. Didn't know you were a slug blaster. I guess I am. <laughs> you're going for this mysterious uh, lover from a distance kind of a thing, eh? Like, ooh, there's so much intrigue. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yeah, uh, a few seconds go by and then you get another text and you're like, I'll admit, my cousins made me think it was pretty lame, but after seeing you out there, I'm... I'm pretty impressed. And then another message shortly after saying, next time you're out on a on a run or whatever, you should bring me back something. Totally. Count on it. And then you get a single uh, 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 less than sign and a three. And then ah! and that's the end of the... <laughs> Oh the end of the chain of messages. I think Elliot Fulon's like buries her face in her pillow and squeals a little bit. I love that. And maybe you think of like, oh man, what do I respond to this? I need to like, I need to text something back. Uh, but your phone vibrates again and you get a message this time from a contact in your phone, uh, Nick Lowe, uh, who says, uh, all caps, meeting at the video hut. 
And you kind of, you know, you, you click it and you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, but I got to respond to Devani. Uh, and then another one comes in. Urgent. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll deal with this in a second. And then another one comes in and it's like, right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we leave Elliot uh, and, and we cut away. Next up, I think we're going to check in with our good friends, Lake and Angus. So this is earlier in the day uh, during school. Let's put you guys in history class. Uh, so the favorite, the two of you, yeah, you had detention in this room at one point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you recognize that, like, maybe this is your first history class because we're still in the first week of school. This is like you guys went out on your run on the Tuesday. I want to say this is Wednesday or Thursday. Like we haven't even gotten to the weekend yet. Anyway, so we uh, we see the uh, the hallowed halls of the history classroom. It's a it's a very boring. Like even by uh, high school classroom standards, it's it's very boring. There is no shoot for the moon even if you re- miss you'll land among the stars there's no uh you miss 99 100% of the shots you don't take no, no inspirational quotes of any kind nothing attributed to Wayne Gretzky or otherwise uh it's just like drab walls and uh some like posters but they just have dates on them uh nothing with <laughs> pictures it's boring <laughs> and uh up at the front of the room Mr Mr Scottsdale is uh lecturing to the class even his name is boring <laughs> Patented in 1992 by former engineer and current MIPER CEO Tristan Voss, the negafriction coil revolutionized technology, communications, and our understanding of the universe. Within six months of its invention, MIPER had used the coil's limitless energy supply as the foundation for their global wireless network, introducing the entire population to the World Wide Web. Additionally, the advanced quantum experimentation performed by Drow, largely facilitated by the negafriction coil, led to the discovery of parallel realities and, in the fall of 1993, first contact with the delegation from Thenis Spar. And as we move on, we must always remember... And it just kind of drones on like that in the background. And you guys know all of this because you live in this parallel reality so none of this is interesting to you this is just like someone being like yeah computers were invented and now we have the internet and you're like yeah i know um so you i I picture the two of you in the uh towards the back of the class uh if you're all right with that uh kind of not not fully tuned into this lecture uh you guys are sitting relatively adjacent to each other so you can like pass notes and chat um are you guys are you the type to pass notes do like an angus pass notes I think yeah. I was gonna say maybe te- we text, but no. I think I think it's, there's a there's a certain charm to passing notes. As as he talks about nega friction coils, we're still just <laughs> pen and pen and paper doodles. Oh, so I feel like Angus would not get through this class without at least one boost of fast forward going on with his skip mode runners. But I almost like the idea if he and Lake are passing notes back and forth. It's like. One of us draws a circle, passes it, the other person adds to it, and we're both just, like, doodling the same sketch, but adding a little bit more uh, each time we pass it back and forth. In a weird, like, collaborative, but also one-upsmanship that I think we established in the first run, that there's a (laughs) a weird uh, uh, friendly rivalry going here, Um, but but also that collaborative thing that comes with an exquisite corpse, where you're, like, trying to, like, you're adding to it, but also, yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, because of the fast forward, Angus's drawing style is super messy. Uh, so, Lake, you probably know that he's fast forwarding, yeah. <laughs> but anytime you ask him about it, he's just like, it's my style. 
Okay. And I think this carries on for a while, at which point you see uh, you see a classmate of yours get back from, uh, he'd been out in the washroom, Jason, who you remember from the first run, hopefully, uh, as, as one of mm-hmm. the two members of Subsonic Sentinel. We showed him up at the overpass. Uh, and he sits down next to his cousin Kabir, just a, a few seats away from you guys, and he kind of leans in and he's like, so, uh... So everyone's saying you guys are, are some kind of crew now. Is that is that true? He's kind of whispering because like you are still in the middle of class, but Mr. Scottsdale is just rattling this off by rote. Like he has taught this class enough times that he doesn't. He's completely checked out. But yeah, Jason leans in. And he's like, "You guys are you guys are some kind of crew now." That's what people are saying. Um, yeah. I mean, if that's what if that's what people are saying, uh, Angus taps his toe and and brings everything back to normal. <laughs> well, I mean. That's that's good for you guys, but just like you know, don't don't get cocky. It's dangerous out there. Slug blasting isn't isn't for for amateurs. Isn't for rookies. You know, the one thing that I like about school is, and maybe Lake, you can attest to this, is that we're not around our moms. <laughs> yeah, got him. Uh, K- <laughs> Kabir, it took, Kabir it took both Lake and Liam a second to get it, and she's like, oh, she's like really laughs, like like. Liam also got it, but like that, like cracks her up. <laughs> uh, at the front of the room, Mister Scottsdale is like, uh, which led to subsequent advancements in all fields of settle, in all fields of technology. <laughs> and <then he> just <laughs> continues. <on. laughs> uh, you get a you get a good laugh out of Kabir for that. He he, you burned his cousin, and he's into it, and he's like, ha, he got you, man. It's like, yeah, well, I'm just saying, like you you know, you guys have been doing this for for like a day, and and me and Kabir. We've been subsonic sentinel for like six weeks now, so we know we know what we're doing out here. We've we've got some experience. You're just jealous because our day looks like your six weeks. Oh, is that and Kabir kind of chuckles again, but Jason's like, is that is that what you think? Where you guys have been to what Vestige, one dimension over? That's that's so cool. But you ever been to uh, to Thanis Spar or the Golden Jungle? Here, check. And he, he pulls out his <laughs> phone uh, and and flips it open and kind of like. Uh, cycles through the pictures and this is again on a like 90s style flip phone that souped up with modern technology or not still has like the tiny little screen and like bad pixel count uh but he like pulls out he flips through his photos and passes it over and he's like yeah check this out and you see in the photo it's like it is a picture of the golden jungle which is one of the alternate dimensions in this game and he's like yeah we we hit the gundam and it's just like it's just a landscape from what you can tell it's like jungle canopy and there's a sun in the distance and then like if you really squint way, way in the background, you can see the silhouette of something that, like, might be a Gundam, but it might also just be, like, a dead pixel on the phone. <laughs> um, but yeah, got got pretty close, too. So. Uh, Angus holds the phone out to Lake and says, what do you think? Is that what you remember the Gundam looking like? Yeah, no, I got a, a, a lot closer when I was there, but that's a, that's a pretty cool pick. Mm. Uh, Jason grabs his phone back and he's like, yeah, well, we, whatever. We've been we've been all over the multiverse, so I'm just trying to give you a little bit of advice. But if you guys you guys think you're fine on your own, and Kabir is like, yeah, we we've, we've been all over the place. We've been to Golden Jungle and uh, Thanispar, and well, I mean, we tried to go to Desneen, uh, and Jason's like, shut up, Kabir. What do you mean try? What do you mean shut up? And Kabir kind of looks self got like, oh, maybe that wasn't a good brag. Um, <laughs> Jason's like, well. I mean, you know, people talk about sk- skating the Alpha Corridor in, in Desneed in the in the old observation deck, but like, 
it's it's a you have to have a death wish to go to Disney. Like this, it's it's so it's under all the water and then the the secret. It, it's like it's suicide. No one you have to be an idiot to go, and that's so we we didn't go because you you have to be stupid to try and go there. No one goes there. But you did try to go there. Well, what's what's it to you? Uh, and from the front of the room, Mr. Scottsdale again is like, on oh, this led to the revolution of saddle, saddle, to the revolution, and and then that's uh, we we cut away from the scene. He's he's you've aroused enough of his attention that he's not going to let you carry on this conversation. Yeah, I think Lake uh, appreciates just that someone's almost running interference for unwanted attention. That was like <laughs> the the two dunks, and then setting her up for a dunk was like did not go unnoticed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think we we leave that there. But maybe you guys continue to pass your note back and forth, and and maybe the drawing takes a uh, distinctly underwater turn. Maybe not. That's up to you guys. <laughs> I think it would. Or I I feel like Angus would almost write. So we're going to Desnine, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the caption of this drawing now. <laughs> uh, amazing. I think we're gonna skip ahead to uh, later that day after school, after our earlier scene with Elliot. Uh, and we're going to catch up with our uh, newfound crew at the Video Hut. between a liquor store and a dentist's office on a street that the locals call the one that isn't Main Street. Hillview's own Video Hut is a small, unassuming shop with a bright green awning and a bell above the door. A gigantic tube TV is mounted to the ceiling in the corner on a steel bracket that doesn't look anywhere near strong enough to support it. It's intended to play a loop of trailers for coming attractions, but it's generally set to some obscure, often inappropriate film selected by whoever is on shift. Stacks of cassette tapes line shelves along every wall, and the counter is stacked so high with impulse buy candy and knickknacks that you can barely see who's behind it, which this afternoon happens to be Nick Lowe. Uh, Nick, what do you got on the TV in here? First, for, uh, pressing question, what's what's playing in the, in the video hut today? I think it's like an old classic movie version of, uh, was it 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? Uh, oh, yes. I nice. love it. That's great. <laughs> yes. I was like, what obscure anime is he going to reference? But no, he's he's staying on brand. He's building building tone. Uh, I love it. So one by one, you guys all, you've all received this mass text from Nick who who called an urgent meeting. And, and one by one, you arrive at the video hut. Hey, sorry, guys. I went all up and down Main Street and I couldn't find the place. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> Excellent. We're all met. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Uh, I had uh, a proposition for all of you for uh, a journey, a quest, if you will, that I think will prove fruitful. Go on. Well, yeah, just the other day I was, uh, after we got back from Vestige, I was helping Chester tune up his power armor. And when I was actually in working on the on readjusting the servos, I noticed that the power pack on the main portion of his armor actually had a crack on one of the power cells. And I figure if we want to keep working together as a, as a crew doing slug blasting, we'd probably want to get him a new power cell for his armor. Where would we find a new power cell? Uh, I feel like those sort of components would be easy enough to come by uh, through any of the drow facilities. You want to break into the one here? 
Uh, as as you ask that, uh, I think Angus and Lake look at each other, like because yeah, the drow facility. Sorry, the drow facility was mentioned. Yeah. Yes. Right. Jason and Kavir mentioned okay, it earlier. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually, Elliot, um, Angus and I were just discussing a drow facility, <laughs> but no, you'd have to. It's a suicide. Path. You'd have to be. You'd have to uh, uh, be crazy to go in there and just repeats all the things that. <laughs> oh please! You're not taking what he said seriously, are you? Well, I mean, at the very least, don't you? He was you... just talking a big game, barely a big game. Don't you at least need like breath masks? Do we do we have breath masks to go? I mean, just safety, safety first. I read, I, I, I hate to say it, but I have read some of the doorways pamphlets, and they it, it, almost contrarian uh, to to their uh, message. They do explain how to safely uh, pop. <laughs> Some, 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 if like if you're gonna do it, here's here's how to do it safely, right? Um, right, 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 right above the awful hey. peelback propaganda. I'd steal some breath masks to steal some power cells. Well, I, I um, mean, I don't know if we need to steal any though. I, I mean, I my dad has some. I'm sure. He blah, 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 blah. Like uh, I don't know about everyone else, but Lake <laughs> does a cartoon double take. <laughs> yeah. Well, those sort of breath masks would really come in handy, Chester. Yeah, well, you know, like I don't have a lot of things, but I can maybe like uh, talk to my talk to my dad. I can, we can borrow them, and you know, just as long as we don't lose any, otherwise, oh boy, they'll be heck to pay. Did you just say heck to pay? Yeah, well, you know, you got There's uh, there's young kids around. There is no one else in the video hut at this moment. Maybe he meant Nick, <laughs> but there is no one else in the yeah, room. Yeah, I totally meant Nick. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I mean, that's cool. Whatever. Well, yeah, getting those breath masks would be really helpful. Because I was actually thinking that the old draft facility on Destiny would be the perfect place. Since it's a, a decommissioned site, I figured we'd be able to get power cells and all kinds of other components there. Plus, I, I already charted out a path through all the different planes to get us right into the, the water system. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Well, I don't know anything about these other dimensions. Uh, you know, the, w- where I grew up, they only taught about geography of the United States. They didn't go, dare go outside of there. So I, I, you got to help me out. What's in Desnine? Well, Desnine itself, it's kind of like an ocean, but also kind of like space because the ocean is infinite. It just kind of keeps going forever. But yeah, drow. No surface. Has set up like some old had set up a facility there for observation, but it's been abandoned for quite a long time. <laughs> okay, uh, here's a problem. I can't really swim. Mm. Is this going to be an issue? I feel like the person who can't swim is exactly the right person to have the rocket-powered armor. Ah, yes. We should ask them to do this. What, Chester? That's you. Oh yeah, that, that's right. I do own that armor, don't I? Yeah, yeah. Well, then, yeah, I'll be fine. I'm sure I can figure it out. No worries. Uh, also, I, I'm a lifeguard, uh, and it's actually at this time I'd, I'd like to point out that my um, my passion, my uh, get plus one d six in situations this would be helping. I care deeply about swimming. Nice. So oh, she, she is a junior lifeguard. I think that's uh, that pretty much settles it. So you guys are ready to go on a run to Desnine. Uh, the only thing standing in your way is a lack of breath mass. So we get one final introductory scene. Chester, it seems to me like you got two options here. You probably know where your dad keeps these breath masks uh, in his garage slash shop. Um, and he's, uh, we've, we've established that he's some kind of a tradesperson, so he's probably off at all, all hours doing uh, jobs here and there. 
odd jobs and whatnot. So it would probably be pretty easy for you to just like go out and grab some breath masks from the garage or you could, you know, go above board and, and ask your dad about it. But then that might lead to uh, some questions about what you're going to be using them for. And I don't know how your dad feels about slug blasting. So uh, what does Chester do? I, I think Chester thinks about it and he's like, I think I can take care of them. Like, I think I, I, I believe I can clean them up afterwards and dry them out. And I, I think I'm able to pull it off because it's, it's a lot easier to ask for uh, forgiveness than permission. So... That's what I'm going to go with and hope that I can get back in time and like dry him out and before dad notices. I do think I, wa I want to try something here. I, I think I want to get a roll from you um, sure. just to see how this goes. So uh, we, uh, to remind our listeners, six is always an unequivocal success. You do the thing you set out to do. No problem. Four and five are still a success, but there is a problem. And one to three, uh, you fail. And also there's a problem. Uh, and we're going to uh, honor that in this role. Okay. Um, let's see hmm. how Chester's attempt to to abscond with some breath masks goes for him. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to just roll the one die. Oh, on the table, I rolled a five. Uh, I think what happens is that uh, you do you, you head out to the garage and you're quickly able to locate the breath masks. You're about to like load them up when you hear the sound of the door opening behind you and the sound of your dad, Bruce Capone, coming home from work. You are going to get to, you roll the success, so you're going to take these, but you got to have a quick chat with your dad, uh, and, and I want to see the scene play out, so I'll let you and your dad take it away. Oh, good, I see you in the shed there, must be getting the rake out to shovel up these leaves. Uh, uh, well, actually, Dad, uh, I, I can do that later, but I'm just, I, I was actually just going to grab some of the breath masks, just real quick. Uh, breath I, masks. Yeah, yeah. And what job site are you going to that you need a breath mask and other personal protective equipment? Well, you know, I'm going to uh, a work site that's, uh, that is underwater. And it's going to be a lot of work. We're clearing out the pond. Oh, no. It goes, like, <laughs> quiet for a second. Like, he lock dead eye locks, like, with you... The, the stillness of the afternoon like you hear just like a squirrel chittering and then he goes well glad to see you taking initiative getting a part-time job uh say hi to terry down at the park for me yes i will make sure i say hi to terry at the park <laughs> and he just like gets into his you know modest economy vehicle and, and drives off to whatever air you know odd job he was gonna go do uh amazing uh chester you got your breath masks uh, and you only had to lie to your dad. <laughs> uh, okay, I think with that, we've got everything we need. Uh, I take you now to the plane of Desneen. Form of bioluminescent meta rays glides past, illuminating a rocky outcropping hidden amongst a jungle of long, inky black seaweed. There is little other light to be seen, not because of how far we are below the surface, but because the surface doesn't exist. The plain of Desneen is made up entirely of ocean, infinitely vast and impossibly silent. Occasional cracks in the ocean floor emit a dull amber glow, which glints off the surface of something large and imposing, refracting through its curvature. 
A massive observatory floats in the distance, long abandoned and nearly invisible in the blackness. It is built like a gyroscope, with one massive glass ring contained within a second, each spinning independently of the other. A cylindrical steel axis runs through the center, which has been overtaken by a giant mound of phosphorescent coral. It glows softly, shifting from blue to pink as a low, ominous sound, like underwater thunder, echoes out through the water, scattering the meta rays as they circle past. All right, before we catch up with our crew, I'm going to get another roll from everyone. Now, uh, we've we've currently played a couple of different betas of this game. Uh, it's currently in development uh, for release in July of this year. Uh, Pre-order your copy today. But one thing that I liked from a previous version that isn't really in the current one is something called rolling for starting snags. Uh, basically, I'm going to get a dice roll from each of you, and depending on how you roll, it will depend. It will uh, let us know how close you end up to where you wanted to be and how much trouble you're in right out of the gate. Uh, so yeah, let's let's get a just a straight d6 roll from everybody. All right, let's uh, let's go around and get everyone's uh, roll for starting snags. We got any? We got any sixes? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Uh, what about fours and fives? Uh, yes. Chester got a four. Okay. And finally, what about one to three? Uh, three. Lake got a three as well. Amazing. Elliot, you emerge, you uh, you, you are riding your hoverboard, because that's how you guys slice through the dimensional rift, uh, and you emerge into, it, it kind of throws you off at first, because like, you can see the water, but you're not in the water. Um, like you're dry, but there's water all around you, and it's very dark. And it takes your brain a second to kick into just like you. You also just hopped through several dimensions. Like on your way here, you had to go through uh, Vestige again, uh, as well as Thenis Spar, crowded marketplaces, and and crazy alien creatures looming over overhead. And uh, uh, so you're a little disoriented when you pop into existence, and and there's water everywhere, but not on you. And how did this happen? Uh, and you realize that you are inside of one of the massive glass corridor rings that circles the uh, abandoned Drow Observatory, which is exactly where you wanted to be. Great job navigating that rift. Tight. Unfortunately, <laughs> you're the only one that uh, that pulled it off. Uh, can I see the others at all? Yeah, I think if you uh. Once you realize where you are, you uh, you know kind of take a couple of steps, and your your steps just like echo out and reverberate. The acoustics in here are incredible. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's like a huge uh, hollow chamber, but also a ring, and it just something about it makes it like mwah, perfect acoustics in this in this ring. But you uh, you kind of press up against the glass to kind of see what's going on. Uh, it takes you a second again to like find your footing because you go to like walk towards the wall. And instead, you find yourself walking up the wall, and you realize that like gravity in this in this uh, you're in like a giant cylinder, a hollow cylinder, and gravity go all the way around. You can you can walk <laughs> the circumference of it. Uh, the inside circ- is it still circumference if it's inside? Anyway, <laughs> you can walk around the whole thing. Um, but you at some point manage to like figure it out and and kind of peer out the side. Uh, and at first it's all it's all blackness in the distance. You can't really even make sense of what you're looking at. But you see a, a glint of light and it's that uh, that swarm of meta rays, which are like like funky psychedelic manta rays gliding past. Uh, and you see them cast light on a couple of silhouettes and you realize that that's that's probably a, at least a couple of your friends out there because who else would be in the abyss here? Okay, uh, two things I want to do. 
Yes. One, I want to roll to see if I can pull a flashlight out of my backpack. Amazing, yes. Uh, and then I want to post up and uh, take advantage of these sweet acoustics and play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, give her a roll. Yeah. Ah, uh, two and a three. You uh, you reach into your bag and you're 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 rummaging around and just like I think with the uh, with the voidware backpack like it it's a it's a pocket dimension it contains alternate realities inside of itself so I think you're not even entirely sure how exactly it works maybe it's the kind of thing where if you uh, if you read up on it you'd be able to organize it better but I think Elliot Stylus is kind of like reach in and see what comes out uh, and in this case what comes out is is uh, not a flashlight. Um, you know what I think it is? I think, yeah, you, you reach in and you, you're scrabbling around and you um, you get a hold of something and you're not entirely sure what it, what it is. It feels vaguely cylindrical. Uh, so you pull it out and uh, as you yank it out, it's, uh, you find it's a, a small like cylindrical capsule and the lid pops off as you yank it out of your backpack and marbles spill everywhere. Oh, crap. <laughs> um, and because of the weird gravity of this chamber, marbles are just now rolling in all directions up, down, side, like they're, they're circling this thing and colliding with each other. Uh, and you've just, you've, you've made a, a big ol' hazard. <laughs> And Chester, uh, you have a similar experience where you you pop into existence and it's dark and you can kind of like it's it's very silent. But you are also uh, you're you're dry. You're inside somehow, but you can't see as much of the water around you because everything is overgrown, densely overgrown, and it again it kind of throws your bearings a little bit because it's overgrown in in all directions, like it's underneath you, but also up the sides and around you. And you're not you're not quite sure where you are, but there is uh, vegetation everywhere, low hanging vines, thick ferns, and uh, and underbrush, uh, and just it's kind of out of control all around you. All this foliage! I thought we were going to Disney, not the Golden Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know the difference between any of these. This is amazing. Where's everybody else? Oh, sometimes it can be tricky when we have to break through so many rifts. I'm sure they'll be around somewhere. Come on, let's make our way through the foliage. I'm, I'm, we'll come across them somewhere in the station. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, let's go. And then, you know, the servos in my armor, like, kick in. And, and uh, as I uh, start walking around. Um, yeah, as you move around, you start to realize that, that you are in yet another, like, a cylindrical tube. Both the one Elliot is in and you are in is about, like, 50 feet in diameter. Um, and it's like a big cylindrical ring that, that you are inside of. However, where Elliot was able to just sort of walk all the way around hers, you find that yours has a distinct, like, the, the cylinder is glass, but there is a metal floor, and and you're standing on it. Like, gravity works like gravity in your ring, uh, or in your chamber. Um, I, I think it's very hard to find out what's going on where you are, just by the sheer amount of, like, how dark it is. You're underwater, and then also the walls are all overgrown, so any light that is being cast is having a hard time making it in. I think there's, like, occasional, like, emergency power style, like, little glowing circles on the floor here or there, but there's just not enough of them to combat the amount of vegetation that's growing everywhere uh, and blocking a bunch of them out. Um, do either of you have any way of, like, 
any anything that you can use to create light? Uh, not really. So, like, I, I think, uh, well, I, maybe I should turn on some lights around here and see if I can find something. And I start, like, trying to, like, based on where I am, seeing if there's any kind of panels, any kind of, like, indications of lights. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's gonna take a, a roll. One or both of you can uh, roll to see if you can find something. Uh, five. I roll a five. Amazing, yeah. So I think you are, uh, yeah, you guys sort of feel your way along, and, and yeah, there are these just, like, there's vines growing in all directions, there's ferns and underbrush, and you're, you're kind of making your way through trying to uh, navigate your way to some sort of a control panel. But yeah, underneath it all, there is sort of a steel infrastructure, uh, and you, you start to realize that um, there, are, there are rows of uh, tables in various places around this chamber, and it looks as though... There were, like, there there are uh, lamps set along, like, grow lights along the top of the table. It looks like this was, at one point, some sort of a gardening operation that has gotten out of hand uh, since the station has been abandoned. Uh, everything has grown off of the surfaces of the tables and down onto the floor and up the walls, and it's just, it's jungle now. Um, but you can see that there are these lights, um, and you realize that that implies that there must be a light switch somewhere. And without too much trouble, Chester, you're able to uh, find a door towards the back of the room. And there's no light switch on this side, but you kind of peek your head through. And on the other side, there is one. Um, yeah, do you, do you head on through to go power things up? Uh, I think so. Like, uh, as long as there's no, like, obvious dangers, I'm going to head over and try to, like... Yeah. Yeah, turn on those lights. I think it's just, like, the it's a smaller chamber, and there's a door on the other side of it, so it's just, like, a little connecting hallway... Um, and you can see inside mm -hmm. of it that there's a thing. So yeah, I think you, you go in and it's like a big, like, Dr. Frankenstein style, like, ka handle that you gotta pull. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. but you, you're wearing... Like a big flip Yeah, switch. but you're wearing powered armor, you pull it down, no problem. Um, lights come on throughout the chamber you were in, um, as well as the, uh, chamber on the other side of you. However, it was a mixed success that you rolled. As you go through and you flip the switch... A metal door comes shooting down uh, the one that you just walked through and seals off the chamber you were just in with Nick still inside. Um, you guys are trapped on opposite sides of a door. Can, can, I, can I see through? Like, is there like a window on the door? Let's say there's a small, like, uh, yeah, like a... Uh, like porthole? Porthole, and it's like thick, thick glass in it, so it's like, yeah, uh, like reinforced plexiglass or something. But there's a porthole, so you can kind of get a glimpse of each other. I immediately try to put my uh, face to it, and like it's like fogging up in front of me, and you could probably hear the muffledness of, "Oh no, I'm locked out. I'm sorry." Uh, no worries, Chester. I can at least see stuff down in this octopus's garden now. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna see if I can try to open up this door. Um, Nick, you can now see that. Yeah, like we were talking about. The the tables that line this room were at some point like a. a no, I don't want to say a garden because not like you know like like a real farming operation, but like clearly they were trying to grow stuff down here to see maybe what the Desnean water what effect it has or what you know the lack of sunlight or they were doing some sort of experimentation growing stuff in this in this chamber um, mm -hmm. and it has just overtaken the the entire thing. So you can see a lot better. There is still like a lot of foliage and it's hard to see, and you do still hear like the occasional rustling sound uh, in the distance. But yeah, you're you're able to sort of get your bearings. You see that there is a door on the opposite end of the chamber that is still open. Uh, just like there's there's a door at either end, 
Uh, and the one that you're next to is closed, but the, the one at the far end is still open. Chester, you take a look around, um, and aside from that one big flip switch, there are no other consoles in here. It looks like there's a second door that is still open that's a lot thinner and has, like, a handle and stuff that you could, like, pull shut or pull open. The one that is slammed down here appears to be some sort of a a security measure, like a defense mechanism that has sealed off that chamber. So uh, you don't see any obvious way of opening it back up. Uh, So I could head to that other door, but that's... You're, you're saying that that leads away from Nick, right? Yes. Uh, you, you both have open doors on the opposite sides of your rooms. You are aware that the thing you were warping into is a bunch of big rings, so presumably you can find each other circling around, but that remains to be seen. Chester? Yeah? I've got a door on the other end here. Do, do you have a way forward? Well, I see there's a door. Well, there's a door on the other side of me here, but I, I'm. Uh... Are you going to be okay, little buddy, if you go by yourself? Oh yeah, I'm sure I can make it on through. Okay, all right. Well, I'll, I'll be looking out for you. I'll just, I'll just yell your name really loud, and and if if you hear a name that's not your name, then that's not me. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> And then I turn around and head towards the uh, door. and Angus rolled the the one to three. Mm-hmm. You guys pop into existence and are are immediately surrounded by water. And you can uh, it and again. You you kind of have to give your head a shake to figure out where exactly you are because it's dark. Um, you, you maybe scramble to grab your hoverboard before it floats out from underneath you. Uh, and you are floating in the void. You can see the observatory in the distance ahead of you, uh, but you are not inside of it. You are you are on the outside. What do you do? Uh, swim towards Lake first. Yeah, of all. swim okay. towards Angus. Grab it, whatever you know, wrist or shirt collar, whatever's easiest, and start start swimming. Just start swimming my little butt off. All right, and you're heading for the uh, observatory. Right, yes. wherever. I mean, I guess the manta rays are spraying light, but like towards the towards the station. Yeah. Yeah, and the station is actually like weirdly dark. Like it's it's only illuminated by yeah glints from the meta rays. I think we said there's like some occasional like dull glow coming up out of the out of the like from underneath. There's some uh, some cracks in the floor that sort of emit a dull light. Um, but other than that, it's it's very dark. But yeah, you can see it glinting off. You can see the reflections, and you start heading towards that. I think I would love to get a roll here. I like your offer that you guys, like, find each other first and then swim together. Uh, so I would love for this to be a team roll. One of you roll and the other one can kind of piggyback. Um, I'll leave that actually up to you. So you can both roll higher probability that one of you might roll a failure. Or one of you can roll, but then both of you have to accept the result of that roll. How would you rather resolve this? I'm okay with a team roll. Amazing. Yeah, I am too. I mean, I get a, I get an extra die, so... Yes, yeah. this would be where your swimming comes into play. So let's yeah. uh, let's get Lake to roll for uh, swimming to the to the observatory and, and finding an entrance. So it's sort of for both of us. Yes, you are rolling one roll that will will determine what happens to both of you. And I think that is the big thing: is like, can you find a way in? You can you can swim towards it. It's big, but can you find a yeah. way in before something happens? Hillview Lifeguard Academy, don't fail me now. 
so one of the die was a one, Ooh. but the other die was a two. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Um, yeah, so I think you uh, you swim towards the like I say the the observatory is huge. You you can't miss it. So swimming towards it is not an issue. You both we've established that you both can swim. Lake can swim really good even. But I think it's it's just like it's very dark and it's miles of glass corridor and it's really hard to find like where there is a hatch or some sort of a, an entrance that you can make your way through. Um, so that's that's the issue running into is just not being able to find a way in. On the flip side, you get a problem from that roll because it was a mm-hmm. it was a complete fail. Um, I think those meta rays circle back and they've now like caught in a glimpse of you and i don't think either of you know a ton about the like uh the the native flora and fauna of desneen uh so you're not entirely sure how aggressive or or antagonistic these things are going to be but they are coming right for you and they swim a lot faster than you do Hey everyone, it's Robin, your Slugmaster, back again to thank you so much for the incredible first month we've been having. Y'all have been subscribing and downloading episodes and sharing and leaving reviews, and you can't possibly imagine how much that means to us. Please keep it up, we appreciate it so much, and it makes just such a huge difference to the show. Uh, Also remember to follow us on social media at Quantum Kickflip on pretty much every platform. That'll keep you up to date with what we're doing, when episodes are dropping, and it might also give you a chance to weigh in on things like bonus content or win some free stuff. The six of us are also members of a sketch comedy troupe called The Debutantes, and you can check out all of our stuff on YouTube at Debutantes Sketch or at thedebutantes.ca. And you can find out more about the game we're playing, Slug Blaster, by looking it up on Kickstarter or going to slugblaster.com. We're also very excited to announce that Quantum Kickflip is now proudly sponsored by the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society. The AMAAS's goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. For more information, check out amaas.ca. And finally, we release this podcast bi-weekly so you can catch the thrilling conclusion to our Desneen run on Wednesday, May 26th, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, let's cut away from this then and and catch up with uh, with Elliot. So you uh, found yourself in a bit of a situation. Tried to find a flashlight, found a bunch of marbles. Um, what's uh, what's Elliot up to now? Still planning on on shredding some licks, or are you uh, more concerned with Lake and Angus? What's what's the what's the haps with Elliot? I think she is concerned about Lake and Angus. Uh, I think she pulls out her phone. Yeah, and uh, do they? They're old flip phones, but do they still have a flashlight function? Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, and I think she just, like, sets it next to the glass in such a way that, like, basically making a beacon for them to follow. Nice. And if if you'll let me lend one my chill plus one to their uh, next roll with that. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and I think while she waits, she definitely just shreds some tunes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think the idea is that she can always find her guitar. Everything else is like a, a big mess, but she always knows where her guitar is. Absolutely. Yeah, I would never make you roll for pulling that. I think that is the one thing that you always have access to. So yeah, you set up this uh, this beacon with your phone. And as the uh, as the marbles roll off into the distance, 
Uh, I like the idea that they're just like, yeah, they're they're whipping around the thing and like gaining and losing momentum as they go and bouncing off of each other, but they're they're generally moving away from you like a weird little stampede. Um, <laughs> and uh, they plink out a rhythm to play guitar along to. Yeah, a little little click clack rhythm. Um, and yeah, we hear the the smooth sounds of uh, Elliot Buchanan. Also, uh, my thinking with that is if the others are in the same tube as her, they will be able to hear it and find her. Yeah. 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 It's not just self-indulgence. That makes total sense. <laughs> um, but let's leave that here for now and uh, back outside to Lake and Angus. Uh, so you have found the station. Uh, you're up against the glass, but there doesn't seem to be uh, a hatch or an opening of any kind at least in the in the section that you're at, you might have to continue looking. Um, but these, you got bigger problems. These meta rays are gliding straight towards you. Uh, what do you do? Do they, you said they illuminate light? Yes, they are like bioluminescent. Are they like, if we're up against the wall, the glass wall, are they shining on us like, um, you know, prison spotlights? Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely, that's what's happening. I think, uh, I think Link's gonna take a shot at these things just to, to try to scare them away. Okay. Um, as far as Angus goes, he's looking for something to grappling hook onto. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that doesn't really help you out much. It's it's all very smooth, huh? Yeah, it's all very smooth, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Lake's shot, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll maybe explore that offer further. But yeah, Lake, uh, you're just firing with your ray gun. No, I'm gonna fire with my um, reality prism uh roll a bla- uh, roll the blast things with a reality scrambling beam in this case destructive and permanent there you go um uh guess, are you no, i guess she's she's the heart i'm 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 this is D brain talking i guess she'd try to just like scare them away like shoo them away so unpleasant so i think i'm gonna go with uh still still this the same uh, uh weapon uh, uh attack as it were but it's more unpleasant and temporarily she's gonna just try to create like an underwater the underwater equivalent of like clapping and going hey hey like to get a bear to go away yeah absolutely uh are you are you adding anything are you trying to look cool i'm adding turbo because of the danger i am not trying to look cool on account of uh we are uh on death store here so fair enough (laughs) but yeah turbo to make sure we get this done Sounds good. Uh, and now that I think about it, it's it's the unpleasant and temporary is going to be more like a bear spray. Like, she's going to just try to make the water, um, you know, hurt their eyes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, four and a five, so five. All right. Sounds good. That is a mixed success. Uh, so you fire this thing off. Describe to us what this uh, what this looks like. Uh, like, like reality cannon firing, because we haven't seen it fire underwater before. What is the... Uh... What does that uh, look I think like? the the main difference here, and she she calibrates for it uh, when she, she she holds you know um, with with she got to hold it with two hands right um, on the right side of her body like a Gatling gun essentially mm-hmm. you know left hand underneath the barrel right hand almost holding it like a suitcase and when she fires it on land it's got like a lob shot it's sort of like a poop uh, underwater there's there's gonna be no lob and I think she attunes for that uh, and just sort of like uh, like a glowing orb. Uh, through through the water it just sort of like 
It moves quickly yet slowly enough you can track it. It gets to the, um, what were the creatures called, sorry? Uh, the meta rays. Meta rays, right. Um, gets there and just goes, pew! Uh, and, like, you can't hear it because it's underwater, but, like, sort of a blast of, uh, like, a rainbow of light bursts uh, in, in the cluster of them. Uh, and the idea, again, being to, like, blind them the way bear spray blinds a bear. Yeah, and it works exactly like that. It, it, it bursts and, and clearly upsets the meta rays, and they all kind of, like, I think they were bearing down straight towards you. Uh, and as this shot fires, it's sort of like they, they scatter in all directions and sort of, like, create this uh, this vortex around you uh, where they, they all kind of, like, they go over you and under you and around you, but they, they scatter on all sides. Uh, and you kind of pass through the center of the cloud unharmed. However, this is where your problem is going to come in. I think in the pandemonium and confusion of them scattering, uh, because you were kind of pinned against the glass ring and they were coming straight towards you, a couple of them in swerving around to avoid this unpleasantness that you created with your reality cannon slam into the side of the ring. Mm-hmm. And you see sort of a, a burst of light as they hit it, as though like you're not entirely sure what these things are made of or what sort of powers or energy that they contain. But yeah, as they collide, there's like a burst of, of bright psychedelic color. And then once they passed on, you can see uh, that there's a crack beginning to form and spider web out from the area that, that it impacted. Uh, and, and You've described that so beautifully, but I think I'm going to nope that. Oh, beautiful. It's like, not today. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> shines a little, you know, somehow blasts a little bit of residual light at the one of them before. Or yeah, you tell me, sorry. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly it. Like, you, you, uh, just the way that you fired it is such that it bursts, the, uh, like, it scatters them in the right direction. Uh, okay, and, and noping, you marked two trouble, yes? I've marked two trouble. I'm, Amazing. I'm uh, hear about this when I get home in some capacity. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, you've, you've noped that problem, and you have successfully, uh, gotten rid of the meta rays. You are still without an access point. However, Angus, you were looking around for somewhere to hook your grappling hook to? Yeah, for sure. I think being underwater is probably a little bit, uh, uh, it throws Angus for a little bit of a loop. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever been underwater with his runners before. Uh, and it's fully dawning on him like, oh, this isn't helping me. This isn't going to work. So he immediately starts looking around, looking for anything that has any sort of purchase, sees the ax- axis point of this uh, gyroscopic observatory, thinks, well, maybe that's going to be good enough reaches behind him, pulls up the the grappling, or I guess it would be part of his, maybe it's part of his ray gun. Would that be reasonable? Sure, yeah, I think so. Because then it goes like, Pitchew! like he fires it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so yeah, reaches in, pulls out his uh, uh, ray gun that looks like a chunky cell phone, opens it up, uh, flicks a switch, aims for the axis, and fires. So just for our listeners who maybe aren't super familiar with this game that doesn't exist yet, in addition to your signature device in Slug Blaster, you get to choose other gear, things that don't have like tangible mechanical benefits, but are just like things you might need to do certain actions, such as flashlights, cell phones, lighters, etc. And uh, everyone gets a ray gun, as well as one of the things you can select is a grappling hook, which is what Angus is employing here. So um, I think you are able to, like, while Lake was kind of dealing with the meta rays, you were able to get a glance. And yeah, at this axis where it splits off from the ring, 
Uh, you do see that there is some sort of a hatch that is like a big circular handle that you could potentially spin. Uh, and you aim your gun dead at that hatch to try and like latch onto it and pull yourselves over. Let's let's get a roll for that. I rolled a three. Oh, brutal. You level your gun at the uh, the hatch and you're, you've lined it up. You think you can loop the grappling hook right around. But maybe not accounting for the way that water affects the trajectory. Maybe not anticipating getting startled by the meta rays swarming. Whatever it is, it throws off your shot just by a hair. Uh, and you launch your grappling hook, not onto the, the steel hatch handle, but into the glass side of the chamber. And you see a small crack begin to form and spider web out. <laughs> The very thing I sought to avoid. You're gonna nope it again? How much trouble you want to build up? You you can nope it if you want to. And it's like further away from us now than like than Liam's crack would have been, right? Yeah. Uh, then I think I gotta nope it. <laughs> if the if the okay. crack was actually close to us, I think I would be like, yeah, I'm gonna take advantage of that. But if it's if like try and get in quickly and seal it up. But if it's if it's far away, I think I just want to try the door again. I think uh. I think Angus, seeing that he's missing and that the it's wobbling every which way, uh, just hits retract early and pulls the cable back in. Uh, so I'm going to mark two trouble and nope. All right. Uh, I love that we're we're getting some trouble on the board. I'll crack this ring eventually. I'll get you yet. <laughs> You're going to earn it, Slack. <laughs> it's rule of threes now. It, it's, it's coming around. But it's enough Chekhov's of that. It's glass ring. <laughs> Um, you, uh, yeah, you, you are, you, so you've, nope, that, yeah, you, you don't miss, um, you do, you have located the hatch. I think we're going to leave it there. You guys have uh, accrued enough trouble here and you like, there is an endpoint. It's just a matter of time to get over there and like, like swim your way over and open it up. Yeah. I think, uh, Angus is going to like tap like on the, on the arm or whatever and like point to the hatch and just like kind of shrug like, ugh, guess we're swimming. Then I think we're gonna yeah we're gonna leave Lake and Angus to uh, do that, and we're going to cut back over to uh, Nick and Chester, who are no longer Nick and Chester. They have been uh, separated. Um, let's catch up with Nick first. Nick, you are uh, making your way through the foliage of this room, and you pass through uh, the doorway there. And I think yeah, once again, as you as soon as you pass through the door, a similar security door shoots down. Uh, almost as if it's on some kind of a sensor um, and and seals off the chamber behind you. Um, and you're not entirely sure what's going on there or or if you would be able to get back, but you've you've made your choice now, no looking back. Um, this uh, there's a, a similar small hallway to the one that Chester was in connecting to larger chambers. Uh, you pass through that. and on the other side, again, another kachunk security door comes down. Uh, and you find yourself in uh, some sort of a uh, a computer station. There are monitors uh, and and towers and desks kind of lined up all the way through here. It's it's, uh, a research facility, and and this appears to be where they crunch the numbers, so to speak. But it has also been abandoned for a long time. Everything is coated in a thick layer of dust. Some of the computers are just, like, knocked down and laying on the floor uh, in in piles, and, like, it's, it's... clearly not been taken care of or looked after in any way. I'm going to say there was a there was another light switch to uh to illuminate this room because we've established that's how it works. Did you want to did you want to light it up? Uh yeah, I think so. Cool. Um so yeah, you're able to see it's like still kind of 
eerily like dimly lit like it doesn't seem like things are running at entirely full power but yeah you're able to like see your way around I, i'm gonna back us up here for a second i think just as you're uh getting to the end of the previous chamber and sort of passing through you do hear one more of those little like rustles in the distance and and before you can kind of track where it is like it sounds like it's behind you and then it sounds like it's right by you and then it's gone uh, and you're you're not sure what happened there, but you you proceed onward, um, and now find yourself in this uh, in this little computer station. Um, what does Nick do? Yeah, I guess uh, sort of looking around. Does it seem like any of the computers might be on, or it might be able to power them on? Uh, I think some of them are like clearly in disrepair. Like I say, some of them have like fallen off desks and been heaped in piles and stuff. But I think with a little bit of looking, you are able to find one that looks like it might still be functional it it looks uh a little bit out of date technology has moved very quickly back in null uh as of late what with uh recent discoveries so um yeah it looks a little bit chunky a little bit 80s but uh yeah you're you're able to find one that you think you could probably power on okay then i think i want to boot that up and nick wants to see if there's any information uh within the system that might lead to like oh where in the facility could you find components and things like if, if you can find out more, yeah. more info about the facility or if they've got storage or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think you're able to uh, to power it up. It's got the like the the dark green monitor that that uh, light green text starts to appear on and, it, it, you know, running various processes as it's booting up makes like like the Mac startup noise, but like like sadder and more pathetic like a weird groan of just like a uh. (laughs) 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 so uh yes it it powers up and there's like a little uh text-based menu that you can navigate with the arrow keys and you do see something that uh, makes reference to a uh uh, schematics uh, or map so uh upon punching in that uh you see like like when an 80s movie wanted to seem high tech and 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 show a cool modern computer display it's like it's like a 3D image of the station itself but all in like green graph paper lines that like are super low res um <laughs> on this on this DOS style computer and yeah you're able to see that there are uh the two big glass rings uh, the outer one, the alpha corridor, and the inner one, the inner one, the omega corridor, mm-hmm. and uh, and you locate your where you are now appears to be inside the omega corridor. Okay. You can also see the the chamber behind you, um, bio research chamber is what it's listed as in the directory. The uh, the one on the opposite side of the uh, bio research chamber is not labeled, so you're not entirely sure what Chester's in for there. Hmm. But it looks like there are, yeah, some of them have, have labels being like, this is where it is. And some of them are like, it's a hallway. It's a, it's a you know, living quarters or whatever. It doesn't necessarily all have labels. Hmm. Yeah, and, and you're able to see that it appears like there's only one more chamber between you and where Chester has ended up. It's kind of divided into fourths, if that makes sense. Yeah. You also see that the axis point where you can like get to the other rings in the uh like the the outer ring is in the chamber you are currently in and you can kind of see up ahead that like yeah oh there's a there's a branch off you can you can access the other areas you also see that through the center of the two rings there's like a there's like a horizontal axis that they're both connected to and spinning on uh which is labeled as the omicron corridor and that appears to be where all of the like industrial sort of uh like the the 
the engine meats and the the bits that make the station run are all in there, uh, which uh, means it would be the likeliest place to find the kind of components that you are looking for. Nice. Uh, and that is also accessible from the chamber you're currently in. Okay. I think based on that info that he's gathered then, uh, next goal is going to be to go meet back up with Chester, and then since I know from this area I can access that, if the two of us can head back this way. So I think gotcha. I'll try and move on that... forward if I may. Uh, absolutely. I will say that may be slightly complicated by the fact that every door you pass through seems to slam shut behind you. Uh, in an impenetrable wall. True. But I do also have a cool sword. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm, I'm not going to tell you not to use your, your badass katana. Fair enough. <laughs> Let's bounce over to Chester and see what Chester's up to. Chester, you have uh, passed through the, the sort of little connecting chamber, the little hallway. Again, another door slams shut as soon as you pass through it. And it, you find yourself in uh, what appears to be... like It takes you kind of a second to figure out what's going on here. There are, there are sort of counters and surfaces, and there's some chairs. Looks like some store closets and cupboards. Yeah, I think there's some uh, various equipment rolling around on the floor, and you realize after a second, like, oh, it's a kitchen. You're in, like, an industrial, like like, military-style uh, uh, kitchen. Okay. Yeah, you were also able to bring up the lights in this chamber, so it's it's not uh, pitch black like the uh, one you had previously been in. Okay. And yeah, you can see a door on the on the far side. It uh, doesn't look like there are... Uh... Actually, yeah, I guess by the nature of the thing, you can also see that there are uh, branches off. So there's a, a door on the very far side to continue along the ring, and then there are also some uh, some doors on your like to your left and right. Uh, that look like they would connect out to other rings, other areas of the station. Uh, what does Chester do? Well, he needs a good think. So he goes over to uh, the fridge, opens it up, and uh, if there's any kind of food in the fridge uh, that seems like a, it's okay, maybe he takes an apple, uh, and he sees that a lot of it's molded, but he cuts it off and has like a little bite of apple. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that. There is uh, a just. This a, is all color. This is all color, baby. <laughs> there is a horrendous smell in the fridge uh, as you see that there's like a carton of milk in the back that can't possibly still be good. Uh, but you're able to find an apple and ch chop off the gross part. I, I think I'm going to go forward. Follow, uh, keep following the ring. I guess. Uh, yeah. Maybe that would, that should lead me back to Nick. So. Uh, as as you open up the fridge and the the smell hits you and like oh there's something unpleasant in there. I'm just going to grab an apple. Uh, you hear a low boop in somewhere off in the distance. And then as you're finishing up your apple slices and making the decision of like, okay, I think I'm going to carry on through the ring and head on upward. You see something uh, hovering towards you. It comes off of one of those side branches, comes out of one of the, the, uh, the entrances, let's say the one to the left. And uh, there is some sort of a hovering drone uh, that is sort of like moving really, really slowly, uh, hovering about five feet off the ground, casting a single like flashlight beam of light. And it uh, hasn't spotted you or, or located you yet, but it is between you and the, the far end. Uh, and it seems to be sort of scanning around to find what is disturbing uh, this chamber. As best as I can, I try to like, you know, hide down uh, 
behind one of the counters there in the kitchen. And, mm. you know, as I'm there, trying to be as quiet as I can, you know, yeah. take, a, a, take another bite of the apple <laughs> very slowly. <laughs> it gives like the slightest crunch. And then kind of center myself. And I say, okay, just remember what Graham Capone always said. When the the light turns red, that means, whoa, them horses. (laughs) I'm going to, like, say that, like, it's by Chester's, like, calculations that like okay this is the safe time to go and maybe like the drone's not immediately leaving so uh he's trying to like you know do the old watch the pattern that this drone is doing and like tries to like sidestep it into the next room yes i love that yeah so this drone is hovering there and it's kind of rotating and moving a few feet and then rotating and then moving a few feet and it can't seem to find what the source of the disturbance was so it's just sort of locked in this pattern but after watching a couple rotations of it you're pretty sure you got the pattern down this is where we'll get a roll to see if you can uh successfully stealth past this drone and as i'm starting to go i like look down at my big metal gauntlets i'm like wait a minute i'm not a sneaky guy i turn (laughs) (laughs) and i full-on charge the drone and try to like Just like bash it down, like uh, uh, like the hammer punch, kind of like hit it, hit it from the top and into the ground. That's my attempted move. Uh, <laughs> you set up the stealth scenario, and then you were like, "No, I don't want to do a stealth scenario." <laughs> I did not, not today. Not, I nope myself. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and so. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna like add any dice, uh, but you know, I just need to make sure that this drone doesn't report me, right? So mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go with the safe bet and go with the no pain, no gain, which means I mark two trouble to get an automatic four five result on the action without needing to roll. Oh, incredible! So I, th- I I'll I'll mark the two trouble, but uh, it basically means I can do what I want, but there is some sort of consequence. It's not uh, perfect. Yes. Okay. I, I I like this a lot. So yeah, you uh you wanted to hammer punch this drone uh into the floor. Yeah. Um and I think that's exactly what you do. Yeah, you, you kind of like you're able to successfully stealth past it and then you're like, wait a minute, I'm not this guy and you turn around and just clock it on uh from, from above, uh and it, it hits the ground and it it was moving really slowly and the light it was emitting was really weak. Like it seemed like it was kind of running on low juice. And yeah, you uh, you send it easily to the floor and it shatters and crunches and, and doesn't look like it's going to be getting back up anytime soon. You send this thing flying to the floor, head on down the chamber to continue on the ring. And Nick, on the other side, you said you were also going to be continuing onwards towards Chester, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I think you kind of both arrive at the same moment at, at your respective doors, and you're, uh, you kind of pass into the, the smaller hallway chamber that connects them. And I, I think, yeah, as you get to the opposite door, we, we had established that there's a little porthole with, like, thick plexiglass, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you're able to see through, and, and good thing you, you happen to glance through before entering, because... What you see through the porthole is that the next segment of ring, the final quarter that would have connected the two chambers you're in, has at some point been damaged and it is completely flooded with water. Uh, unlike all the other ones, it is uh, it is flooded. And so the security doors on these ones are already closed when you get to them. 
Well then, can I see him from some like from porthole to porthole? I guess it's probably far away and difficult, but I don't know. But can I? Uh, I yeah, like my brain says it's far away and difficult, but my narrative sense says yeah, you can see him. Um, you guys can uh, catch a glimpse of each other, and you kind of like share a look of like, uh oh. You can just sort of see Nick's hair, and then a very excitedly waving hand in the porthole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I try to like wave as well, like you know, like in front of my face, kind of a thing. Um, so I'm I'm not sure how well I've described the geography here, so I just want to take a moment. Yeah. Um, both of you are currently in chambers, or just came from chambers that connect to the outer ring and the inner corridor. Like you can get to the other parts of the station from the chambers you're in, but you're separated from each other. So one of you is going to have to cross to uh, to get to where the other one is. Would the Omicron corridor link the kitchen and the computer array? I guess it would, wouldn't it? Hmm. Uh, well, I, I, I'm just kind of standing there. Uh, I, like, I'm yelling. Obviously, it doesn't work. Uh, but I'm, like, yelling through do- uh, two doors and a bunch of water, just like, which way should I go? <laughs> uh, do we have a cell signal under the sea? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Roll, and it'll be four to six. Yes, one to three, no. Okay. That's a three. <laughs> nah, nah, no cell service. <laughs> it, it could be, like, one of those things of, like, oh, you have bad service in certain areas, too. Like, maybe there is something, but you can't. Yeah. You, it's very finicky. Exactly. We've established that there is, like, interdimensional uh, wireless signal of some kind that allows you to, like, stream your cool exploits. But, yeah, I think Desney may be particularly patchy and, and tricky to connect. So, yeah, not currently. Uh, especially when others don't want to go. That, that This is why people don't want to go here. <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> no de- you'd have to have a death wish. Uh, yeah. I've got an offer. Maybe it's too mm-hmm. convenient, but... Uh-huh. Uh, as part of my other gear of the smarts, I have a work in progress. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm wondering if I could say that this work in progress currently was uh, sort of a walkie-talkie system between a headset that I might have and uh, Chester's power armor that I was tinkering with before. You, you bugged him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sent him up. I knew I would need to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, we, we did establish that uh, you have been helping him set up his armor, and I think one of those things might be you um, checking out which uh, which frequency to, to radio him in on. Yeah, I will, uh, I'll give you this. Give me what you're trying to say, and then I'm going to get you to roll to see how much of the message gets through. Okay. Uh, I think it would essentially be, my last chamber should connect to your chamber. We can meet through i don't know if i say omicron corridor but there's a way to connect your last chamber to my last chamber all right let's get a roll to see how much of that makes it uh can i add a die uh, a boost die from smarts i think absolutely yeah that's exactly the ability you're using here yeah and just one thing i'll read i don't know if it's different for other classes but uh the smart specific boosts it mentions uh, if the action does still fail i regain whichever boost i spent uh, learning from failures. I don't know if that's the same for everyone. I didn't check other people's playbooks, but I don't think so. I think that's no, a smart thing. Yeah, that's you, fam. Heck yeah, that's a that's a heck of an ability. Well, you know what? I think I'm going to spend uh, a boost die and then also a kick. 
Okay. So I'll be rolling 2d6 with one of them little lightning bolties. Ooh, baby, a six. Wow. So, uh, so Robin, would it make sense that whatever he communicates to me is uh, perfectly communicated to the point that even Chester can understand what he's talking about? So it's like, yes. oh, because I was assuming the failure was going to be I interpreted it the other way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, six means you, you get it entirely. They're like, oh, the middle corridor will connect your chambers. You guys can meet in the middle. Yeah. Chester, we're in a uh-huh. big donut. Okay. Oh, boy. But there's also a skewer that goes through the donut. Skewer going through the donut. Okay. If you go back to your previous room... We can both go through the skewer and meet up in the donut hole. We meet up in the donut. Okay. Uh, to be clear, we're in a donut. We're not in a pickle. Because well, I hear that you don't want to be in a, stuck in a pickle. We're in a donut. I'd say it's more of a donut. We could say a bagel if that's more familiar to you. I don't know if Philadelphia is known for their bagels. Yeah, oh, okay. Now, oh boy. Now this is a different kind of pastry. Does that mean we'd still meet in the middle? Because you don't put a skewer through the middle of a donut, uh, through a donut or a bagel. Well, in this scenario, there is a skewer through whichever kind of baked good your heart desires, and we can meet up in the hole in the center. Wow. Okay. I think I got it figured out. And then he just he starts going. Uh, he did not get it, but he did like go the right way by by accident. <laughs> I was gonna say, your had you rolled a failure, Chester would have been thinking about baked goods and just and back. thought about a bear claw and and gotten really confused because there's no hole in the middle. Um, but he but just you got it right. To the kitchen looking for donuts. <laughs> okay, I, why would he want a donut? No, that did not happen. Yeah, and I think. Uh, um, the, the side bone of benefit that you do get from your kick uh, that you added is that through some sort of wild coincidence or just through your sheer technological prowess, your uh, frequency that you're using to tap into Chester's powered armor happens to be the same frequency that resonates with the, uh, the intercom system of this station. Uh, and so not only does Chester hear your voice coming out through the uh, walkie-talkie system in his or the, uh, the, the radio of his powered armor... Elliot, you can also hear this in the uh, in the corridor that you're in. Um, you you hear the sound of of Nick's voice, and you hear him sort of describing the layout, and that uh, him and Chester are meeting in the center of the donut <laughs> hole. <laughs> Let's check back in with uh, Lake and Angus. So you had found your way to uh, a hatch. It was just going to take you a little while to swim, but but time has passed, uh, and you find yourselves as a little like bubble attached to the uh, the ring. Uh, that you're able to sort of, like, you open the hatch, you enter this little bubble chamber, um, and you're able to hit a big red button and just, like, flush all the water out. It's sort of an airlock situation. It pressurizes, and you find yourselves inside of the base. And I think as you go to uh, open the sort of, like, you've you've sealed off the outer door, you've flushed out the water, and you go to open the inner door, and it's got another one of these big, like, wheel style. Everyone's picturing the same, like, metal wheel that you you spin counterclockwise, yeah? yeah. Like a a bank vault safe thing. Yeah. And you're about to go and and open it up and enter into the chamber when the ring starts moving, and it's, it's spinning uh, slowly but determinedly around, and, and there's something on the other side of the door. And before you have a chance to act, it opens, and, and Elliot is standing there. <laughs> oh, hey, guys. Finally made it. Hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah, we... 
Actually, hang on. We're very coy about it. No, Lake is like... <sighs> they had rays. The rays had rays. They were shining their rays in her face. <laughs> Just, you know, <coughs> wanted to take in the Desneen scenery. <laughs> nice. Did you get photos? No, we didn't get photos. I had to my, blast my some... My phone's in a Ziploc right now. Where are the others? I uh, haven't seen them. <laughs> what, what have you been up to? Oh, uh, you know, rocking out, playing guitar. The acoustics in here are amazing. As Elliot says that, um, you can see like the the glass chamber behind Elliot, and uh, and you hear sort of a low rumble that kind of freaks you out at first, but then just like a dozen marbles go whipping past behind Elliot as she's like, oh, you know, hanging out, rocking out, clang <laughs> clang, uh, and they're on like their third or fourth lap of the center ring. They just keep going around. <laughs> Gravity's real weird in here. I feel like we could pull up some pretty sick tricks. Nice. Uh, Angus is going to look around. Is there any kind of, like, map or, like, arrows being, like, this way to kitchen, this way to Alpha Corridor? Yeah, I think, uh, so, so, first of all, I'm going to say that the, the doorway you come through, yeah, that, that little, like, airlock pod you were in has a, has a vague directory that kind of shows you that, like, straight ahead is, is, uh, would lead you to, uh, the inner ring but yeah from the labeling on this you were able to tell that this big glass ring that elliot is standing in and welcoming you into is the alpha corridor that is the thing that jason and kabir were talking about is this giant glass tube with weird gravity the inner one is the omega corridor you can head straight ahead and 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 connect up with that and then the the very center the axis that it's all turning on is the uh the omicron corridor which uh is uh yeah also would be accessed by going straight ahead i heard nick say something about a donut Lake doesn't entirely hear this. She's she's knocking water out of her ears. Uh, though out of curiosity with the gravity here, if if Lake were to, say, wring out her side pony of all the water that is in it, what, what happens to those droplets in this weird gravity space? <laughs> I think if you're like, because it's a, it's a 50-foot diameter cylindrical hallway. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think if you're wringing out your hair and you're kind of, like, bending your head to the side, like, it just, it falls to the floor directly beneath mm-hmm. you. But, like, if you were to get close enough to the center, it might get weird. Uh, but it's, like, it's 50 feet is far enough that, like, even if you're, like, jumping, you're gonna I you're see. gonna land back down. But if you walk up the wall, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think she, like, is trying to be like, what do you mean about gravity? And then the water just, like, you know, it's like if you're on a, on a slant, it would trickle one direction. It goes in a direct, like, it mm. goes up a slant. That she's like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, much like the marbles, it's kind of like it, it, it runs down and then keeps going all the way around the, the corridor. Cool. So are you guys going to head after your friends uh, to the center of the donut, or are you going to do some sick tricks in the alpha corridor? I think she's got to try this right now. She's got to be like, oh, we can do a, a loop. How do yeah. you not try it? Oh, yeah. And then we are in the alpha corridor, which, you know. Do these, uh, the only way that we can film is by uploading directly to my page. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm going to say you guys being in the outer ring, sort of like the, the inner one had like foliage and kitchen equipment and stuff, lots of lots of metal in addition to the glass. You guys are in the outer ring and it's all glass. You've got a signal here if you guys want to try streaming stuff or, or uploading uh, your exploits. Uh, yeah, Angus is definitely going to pull out his phone and uh, uh, start a stream. I, I guess I guess um like for the first thing Lake tries before she starts getting fancy like that or pitching it is to just go forward up the ramp 
mm-hmm. and she's like expecting like she's she's taken a skateboard up a half bite before and is expecting to eventually hit that gravitational peak where you start getting pulled back down and it just never comes and after about four or five leg pushes like like pushes with her with her leg uh on on the hoverboard she's just done a full loop around this tube and is back to where she's standing between elliot and angus she's like whoa so <laughs> sick and then is like yes triple helix let's go find the others and film that all in one mm-hmm. <laughs> what we don't want to film right now i mean we're here that's what i'm saying we, we film us oh. in a triple helix the three of us going through the tubes uh and we you know if it gets us any closer to the the guys then then sure said something about a skewer and a donut so probably down that way and she points. <laughs> yeah, so I think you guys are, are at one of these junctures where, like, you could head straight ahead and, and go out after them. That would take you out of the the cool, fancy glass ring you're in. However, logic would dictate that if you were to go around the perimeter, there would be another access point on the far side that you could catch up with the gang in, and that would give you a chance to do some cool helixy stuff along the way. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Three-man weave. Cool. Three-man weave. Exactly. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I like giving you the opportunity to, um, yeah, Angus, you're streaming. Uh, you've, you've got this going live to your my page. I like giving you the opportunity. You can do this as a team role and pull it off as sort of a, a group maneuver, uh, but everyone has to take whatever gets rolled. Or you can each roll individually uh, and have a chance to look cooler than each other, but it could result in one of you beefing the trick. How we doing this? I say we let the uh, let the chill who always gets that extra die take the lead on this team roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Be the be the front of the helix. Cool. Does anyone have any other dice that they can give me for this? Yeah, you guys can freely give your your boost and your kick to each other by by checking it off on your page. I'll give you I'll give you um a die a, a boost right boost is die. Yeah. So um, uh, here's a fun uh, little tidbit. Each playbook has a different number of dice or kick or what have you. Uh, Like the grit, for example, has a lot of extra dice, uh, but not a lot of extra kick just as part of the playbook. The chill always rolls plus one. Uh, Guts, I have quite a bit of kick. So what I'm thinking is Angus is going to talk directly into the camera for a minute. And he's going to say... Hey, Jason, Kabir, uh, we just wanted to check in on you. Um, <laughs> we're your three moms, and uh, you doing okay? You caught up on your homework, sweetie? Uh, anyway, uh, we just wanted to <laughs> say hello from the Alpha Corridor in Desneen. Uh, and I'll give you a, a kick and hope that, you know, this video catches on. <laughs> uh, Lake just blows a kiss, and that's her giving a uh, boost die uh, with her heart special. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. So I wanna I wanna for the listeners go over. Um, we've kind of fleshed out this world a little bit in our in our planning session, uh, and one of the things we determined was that due to the nature of technology uh, advancing very quickly, you guys have the internet here, you have streaming videos, uh, and the social media site that's caught on is called MyPage. The the weird quirk, the like 140 characters of Twitter or the six seconds of Vine or the like deleting itself of Snapchat. Uh, the the thing that makes MyPage MyPage is that you can't pre-record a video and upload it or pre-take a photo anything that you're posting to my page you have to stream live that's the whole thing is built around like authenticity you're it's happening live and you're watching it live 
cool thing is that uh, due to Miper's uh, interdimensional uh, Wi-Fi uh, wireless connection service, you can you can stream from anywhere and and your exploits go live the minute they happen. The flip side of that is if you if you beef it, everyone sees that too. <laughs> so uh, you guys have started a stream going. You've called out Jason and Kabir directly. Let's get this roll and see how this goes for you. Uh, is it safe to assume that we are trying to look cool? Yes, Pure, looking cool, yes. fam. All right. Consequences will be worse if you fail, but if you succeed, you all get to mark a style. All right. That's a four. Okay. And you were rolling, sorry, one from Lake and two from you. Yep. So three dice total. Okay. Uh, fantastic. So so a mixed success. Describe to me this incredible trick that you guys pull off, because you, uh, with your with your four, you absolutely pull it off. So tell me, show me what this looks like. Paint a word picture for me. Um, I guess I'm on the bottom, uh, sort of swerving back and forth. Yeah. Uh, I I think I'm going in a full like a full helix. She's going what would be clockwise, but also forward to to make like a candy cane swirl through the tubes. Not firing the reality prism because that's a or the the um, reality cannon because that's a roll, but like maybe doing something to just give her a light effect. Yeah, I'd give you that with your uh, with the roll you guys did. Um, and then Angus, are you moving in the like the opposite direction, crisscrossing? Yeah, doing the same swirl, opposite direction, uh, and crisscrossing. Uh, occasionally hanging out upside down because uh, he thinks it's funny that he can hoverboard along the ceiling question mark of this place. Yeah, I know you think you're upside down, but actually I'm on the ceiling right now and you're on the ground. I I think. <laughs> wait, no, wait. Yeah, it's true. Hmm. Relative to you guys, it always feels like you're on the ground, but then you look and your friend is on the ceiling. Uh, or are you on the ceiling and they're on the ground? It's impossible to tell. Uh, so yeah, you guys glide through this uh, this beautiful, pristine glass hallway, crisscrossing and, and weaving through each other's paths, hanging out upside down and right side up. Like you've got your reality cannon just sort of like the tip of it dimly glowing, not actually firing, but like emitting a light source. Uh, and I think you're also illuminated by maybe that swarm of meta rays that you earlier scattered occasionally passes by and kind of lights you up in various colors, which you can see from on Angus's live stream. Like occasionally there's like a wash of blue light or green light. Uh, and it all just looks cool as hell. <laughs> Weird gravity. This is all so beautiful that I almost don't want to ruin it with the, the mixed nature of your mixed success. And I, I, I want to be clear that like the thing you were attempting to do was look cool as hell streaming this awesome skate video, and that is the thing you succeed in doing. So that's not going to get sabotaged out from you. There will be a problem, but we're going to cut away for a moment and leave that on a cliffhanger. What, what fate awaits you uh, as we rejoin Chester and Nick. Now, you two had each decided to double back and meet up in the central column, yes? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah. Cool. Um, I think you're able to do that without too much trouble. And while it is like a, a long corridor down the middle, this one is relatively unimpeded. It is uh, it is like one long open chamber. There's a bunch of like server racks and like weird looking coils and things that you're not entirely sure what those do and like vents that seem to lead to somewhere but you're not sure what's going on there it's a lot of just like industrial looking equipment cables that uh like they all snake out into different areas and then come into a big bundle and run along the floor for a while uh it's a lot messier than the other areas you've been in a lot of this this facility has been very very pristine but this one is clearly like the the engine room kind of environment uh where everything's just kind of heaped 
Chester, as you enter into the chamber, way off on the, on the far end, you hear the sound of uh, someone making their way in, uh, which presumably is your buddy Nick that you've been looking for this whole time. Uh, so once I hear that the uh, the door on the other end, uh, I, yeah. I just shout across, just like, Nick! Nick! It's me! You, can, you know it because I'm saying your name! The signal! <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you, you guys hear each other. Um, shortly after you've called out to each other, you hear like a low rumble. Almost sounds like thunder in the distance, but you're not sure. Like It doesn't sound like it's coming from in this room. It sounds like something both far away, but also all around you. And, and you, you give it a second and it sort of dies off and, and then everything's calm again. And it, it seems like everything's fine. Some sort of rolling in the deep. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) We could have had it all. (laughs) I I, I get closer and I start like looking around. Like I don't really know what I'm looking for. I know that this is kind of what we were looking for, like tech and everything. Um, Hey, Nick, is there, uh, do, do you see any power cells in here? This is what we're looking for, right? Oh, yeah. I guess this would be the perfect place to find all those components. Uh, let's see. Cool. I would love to get a roll from uh, one or both of you to see how well this search goes for you. Who wants to do that roll? Uh, do we each get to do it, or? Uh, yeah, actually, let's let's get a roll from each of you. I like that. Oh, okay. Sure. Is anyone adding anything to this or, or adding in any, any particular know-how or, or ability? I think I'm going to add another boost from my smarts. Just because, like, be, okay. being the smarts, I think I'd have a better idea of, like, what sort of stuff I'm looking for. I think that can sort of justify a better search. Absolutely, yeah. I, I don't think I'm really going to necessarily add anything. I, I, I might have some ideas, but I don't know what power armor stuff is, even though I might be more mechanically inclined. I, it's just, like, uh, I'm looking around, and I rolled a one. Okay. Oh. Uh, and how's the smarts doing? Uh, I got double sixes. <laughs> Oh, incredible. (laughs) Nick, I think you're able to uh, very quickly find uh, sort of a a storage locker type unit. Maybe even you, uh, just to give you an opportunity to do something cool, you you, uh, find it locked and you you slice off the lock with your uh, Nega Friction sword. The ultimate lock pick. Because you rolled double sixes (laughs) and you're you're a badass. Um, And inside, not only do you find uh, uh, a compatible power cell for Chester's armor, uh, looks like exactly what you were you needed there. But you're also able to find an assortment of like coils and discs and and various components for your signature devices that will be of use to all of you. We'll uh, kind of resolve in the downtime phase exactly what comes out of this. But you you find a bounty of components here that you're able to sort of load up uh, and bring along with you. Great job. Ah, score. Hey, Nick, look, look what I found. It says uh, time spanner. I don't know what that means, but you should look at it. And then, like I snap it uh, perfectly in half. I'm like, ah. <laughs> uh, I wonder what, what, it, what it means to span time. I, does that mean you like revert? I guess we'll never know. <laughs> That's okay, Chester. I found some pretty wizard components over here. Like, like a oh, pretty wizard. Like a, like are you talking about like a wand or something? And then I put like... Uh, head over there clump 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 yeah and i think with your with your uh one that you rolled chester you um like you see that nick has found this storage locker uh he's loading up stuff you see 
a short ways down another like a similar looking locker unit and decide that like Nyx was full of cool stuff. Maybe this one is full of cool stuff also. And as you approach it, you hear sort of a, a rustling and a rattling inside, very similar to the rustling that you heard earlier in the uh, in the garden chamber that you were in previously. Um, and as you open it up, uh, you see like a a small frightened looking creature kind of pinned in the co- back corner. It has six tentacles and one beady little little yellow eye. I guess it wouldn't be an octopus. It'd be a hexapus. <laughs> hexapus. <laughs> And it's about the size of like a, a medium dog, uh, and it's it looks very scared and doesn't seem to know how it got in here. But it looks like it's been in here for some time and trying to find its way back out into the uh, into the surrounding waters. Hey, I found I found like a like a like a weird octopus. It has uh, how many legs? It doesn't have nine legs like an octopus does. And I try to reach out and try to, like, you know, do that thing with cats and everything like that. <laughs> try to, like, be gentle and try to, like, uh... Here, puss puss. Here, hexapuss puss. Here, here we go. Come on, sixapuss. It looks uh, it looks very very frightened and and skittish and and doesn't seem like it's encountered anything that looks like you in uh, in a very long time if ever so it's it's uh, very startled but it doesn't look particularly hostile. You have a moment where you think like oh maybe that's what that that loud rumble was earlier but like just looking at it you're like no there's no possible way like this thing is way too way too little to cause that kind of commotion and it is at that moment that you hear that sound again. And this is we're gonna we're gonna resolve a couple of mixed successes in one go here. Mm. A long, low rumble reverberates through the walls of the observatory. There is a momentary pause, followed by an impossibly loud crunch as the outermost ring of the gyroscopic station shatters, completely obliterated by something enormous, angry, and impossibly powerful. There is a dull thud. Uh, as the viewing port to your left, Nick and Chester, is obscured by a meaty tentacle, indigo suction cups smearing along the glass. You're, you're momentarily confused by how well lit it seems, despite the blackness that envelops you otherwise. However, a cold chill of understanding runs down your spine as you turn to the viewing port on your right, and you find a giant glowing yellow eyeball gazing back at you. 